Welcome, welcome, everyone, to the uh, Bruce B. Faded Pod. I'm your host, Bruce B., and I'm going to sound like a nighttime DJ here, uh, giving you some smooth jazz as we uh, drive it on the 101. A little bit of light traffic. So, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to start these. I'm probably going to change the intro every time because I have no idea. I'm going to do a solo pod, a little bit different experience here, but I'm just going to launch into it because I've always wanted to do uh, a podcast, a podcast, and for some reason, um, it's a shit show trying to get people together to uh, just record for fucking, you know, an hour. That's a big ordeal, right? So I'm just going to do my own pod. And I'm just going to launch into it. I am basically going to cover all things sports here, just to give you guys a little rundown. I am a massive sports enthusiast, obviously Bay Area. Uh, not obviously. How could you know that? Why did I say obviously? Obviously Bay Area. How could you know that? I'm a Bay Area fan. Let's just say that. Bay Area rep. And I just, I'm pretty much going to be breaking down basketball, football, baseball, pretty much focus on those three, but, um, yeah. So I'm just going to launch into my, uh, my breakdown here. I just watched, this is Tuesday night, just watched Boston, Miami game one Eastern conference finals. And I got to say, um, was not shocked by the crowd to start the game. The Miami Heat crowd, as usual, had about as much enthusiasm as a library to start the fucking game. <laughs> they are just the most just <sighs> lackadaisical, unenthused crowd, man, in basketball. It is crazy. Um, so <laughs> he come out, right? Boston gets off to a good start. Uh, both teams were playing with a lot of energy on defense, but um, Boston was playing with just a little bit uh, more energy, a little bit quicker um, to the ball, closing out defenders, uh, getting to the ball, um, you know, was on the ground, uh, getting to loose balls, just a lot of balls. <laughs> just keep saying balls over and over again. Um, <laughs> so in the beginning, yeah, the, the Heat couldn't buy a bucket save their life. They just could not buy a bucket. And then uh, after a timeout, Tyler anti-villain came in the game, and then he picked up the offense. You know, he was actually attacking the paint. Usually he's just a three-point shooter. This guy was attacking the paint and passing. He had like three quick assists in the first quarter coming off the bench. And I was starting to wonder, uh, should he start over Struis? Over Struce, and um, I am starting to realize that that was wrong, dead wrong, especially by the end of the game, but get ahead of myself. But, uh, yeah, it looked like Jimmy Buckets. He was um, guarding uh, Jalen Brown pretty well. Uh, he, like, Jalen Brown didn't go crazy in this game. Um, if I can bring up my own box score, if I can handle my life, Jalen Brown actually ended up with 24 points. So Jalen Brown shot pretty well. So it shows how much I know. 
But I don't think Jimmy was guarding Jalen Brown every play. He was guarding him a lot in the first. Um, then I felt like he was guarding Tatum a little bit. Um, but Tatum and Brown ended up with 29 and 24. So they, they both, they're going to get their points. You know, they're going to do their thing. But uh, I felt like Jalen Brown had to shoot a lot to get his points. I guess that's where I'm going. He was seven for 17. So, you know, didn't light it up, but it wasn't terrible. And this is the most riveting, uh, you know, stuff ever reading a box score. So I'll <laughs> Ryan, I use any of this with uh, Marcus Smart. Probably should have mentioned that Marcus Smart is injured. So Marcus Smart didn't play the game. Al Horford didn't play the game. Um, Smart had a uh, a foot injury. You know, poor guy. And uh, Horford was just. He was just dead tired from guarding Giannis. I mean, um, that last series, Al Horford guarding Giannis, that cannot be good for your health, man. I mean, like Al Horford had that one good game where he scored 30 points. It was like a career playoff high. And then after that, his points just went down, down, down. You could just tell he was getting exhausted. But he's guarding Giannis, you know? Again, guarding Giannis cannot be good for your health. I mean, I think most doctors would agree. Like, it's like smoking and then guarding Giannis. Under the gumpo. The freak. What the uh, freak? Yeah. Giannis is the fucking freak. And, uh, and yeah, just wore down Horford. And uh, so, yeah, Horford didn't play. Um, Smart didn't play. And, uh, and in the beginning, first half, it didn't matter. Boston just came out and just, you know, Tatum was doing his thing. And even though I felt like Jimmy was doing a decent job on Brown, um, they still, you know, uh, Boston was still scoring. It seemed like uh, with with a lot of good, uh, you know, ball movement, pick and rolls with uh, Tatum, uh, Robert Williams was actually scoring a lot of points. I think Robert Williams ended up with 18 points. Like Robert Williams had a great game. And then Pritchard... Freaking Pritchard comes off the bench. He's looking like the modern day white chocolate. This guy's just hitting threes and screaming at the bench. This is what I do. This is what I do. Fucking Pritchard, man. Scores 18. Him and Robert Williams it just had phenomenal fucking games. So anyway, so Boston, the first half is just playing, you know, scoring well and then playing Great freaking defense. I mean, they are blocking shots. Naismith comes off the bench. Him and Robert Williams, they morph into like Hakeem Matumbo, like a combination of the two. They're like blocking shots left and right. They had more rejections than me at freaking bars. Um, that's, <laughs> that's so bad. And, uh, and then freaking Tice, how about that block on Deadman? Uh, Tice has the block on Deadman in, uh, later on in the game in the second half. And Mark Jackson makes that uh, comment, not on my watch, dead man. And it's like, ah, oh, Mark, this is why the Warriors fired you. Hand down, man down. And they're like, sorry, Mark, I just no more. No, <laughs> no more bad jokes. You and, uh, you and Bruce B., 
and to get the fuck out of here through bad jokes. And so, and so, yeah, and then Tatum is just throwing up random shots and scoring. I mean, he's throwing behind-the-back passes. This guy's acting like it's a pickup game, the Eastern Conference Finals. And, uh, but Tatum was still scoring. Tatum had a great game. He's just, he's turning into one of those easily top 10, borderlining on top five players. Uh, so, so anyway, and then Tucker looks like he fucks up his ankle. And you're watching the replay, and it's hard to tell, like, how he got hurt, or, like, how bad it was. Um, and so, basically, it didn't look well for the Heat. And things were not looking well. Then, in the second half, P.J. Tucker comes out and actually is... P.J. Tucker is just playing like a madman, which is what he does. P.J. Tucker is doing P.J. Tucker things. P.J. Tucker is kind of like Iguodala. He's not as good of a scorer, but he just... Yeah, he just does these hustle plays, and he, he he's always diving for, for, you know, trying to get for the basketball and when it's on the ground or... Um, He's like every rebound he goes for, he's just, he seems like he's in the middle of everything. And so Tucker coming back in the second half combined with Vincent, who Vincent played pretty well in place of Lowry. Actually now the heat are seven and O without Lowry. Uh, that's gotta be a thing. I wonder if that hurts Lowry at all. Mike Lowry is now without your so without your team, Lowry, without you playing, your team is 7-0 and without you. That's got to sting a little bit, right? It's got to sting a little bit. Uh, but yeah, but Tucker is just, he's diving on the floor. <laughs> Tucker's diving on the floor for everything. Uh, he's getting rebounds on missed free throws. He's just doing all these little things that help you win, right? Insert cliche here, talking head. And, uh, and that's why they own the third. The Heat just owned the third. Uh, it was Tucker and Butler. Um, really, it was mainly Butler. I mean, I think it was the energy uh, Tucker kind of picked up the team and that pathetic freaking crowd. But Butler just, he's just so good. I mean, he's so crafty. There's that time in the uh, third quarter when Tatum gets his uh, his pocket picked, his, his pick pocketed, his Pickpocketed when Tatum loses the ball. And then Butler, um, as Strus is like basically going in for a dunk, Butler gets in front of Grant Williams and kind of does like the veteran thing where he just kind of slows down, you know, and sort of get, you know, gets in his way, kind of like a, I mean, it's a screen, but it's not just like standing in his way, but he basically just stops. It kind of looks like he threw like an elbow a little bit, but I watched it back. It didn't, it looked at live like he threw an elbow. I think that's why the Celtics bench and coaches went crazy. But um, yeah, but anyway, but uh, he basically blocks off um, Grant Williams and then he goes down and then, yeah. And then, you know, now you got, then you got Ime losing his Ime freaking mind. Um, so, yeah, Butler just does these crafty plays that just, you know, it leads to uh, leads to buckets. And then after the timeout, he basically gets back-to-back steals and back-to-back Jimmy buckets. It's just what he does. 
This is what he does. This is why he's Jimmy Buckets, man. And then he's wearing the headband. I feel like Jimmy wearing the headband, it deserves his own nickname, right? Uh, can't stand the band. Headband banger. I don't know, man. Let's think of something. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll craft something. All the non-people listening. We'll, um, we'll, we'll craft something. But he's got to have a nickname with the headband. Like, it's like there's Fear of the Beard, right? And then there's the unibrow. I don't think anyone feared it, but it's more like shave the brow. <laughs> um, yeah, Butler, we got to get a nickname. Got to get a nickname for Butler. So in the third quarter, it's freaking Boston 14, Miami 39. It's a 25-point differential. It's a Heat franchise playoff record for the third. I mean, that's it was a pathetic third for Boston, and just a everything went right for the Heat in the third. It was just one of those, one of those quarters. It just, if you had money on the heat, it was just like, oh, it was chef's kiss. Wow. <laughs> and so in the fourth to start it, it looked like it was over. And then the Celtics started coming back a little bit by their drawn fouls. I was kind of a disjointed quarter because um, they had that review on Bam, for that flagrant run, uh, that, that, that flagrant run. They had that review on Bam for that flagrant one, which was bullshit, by the way, because he was just boxing the guy out. You can tell, like, Bam looks over his shoulder like, oh, okay, uh, he's there. Okay, so he starts boxing out Grant Williams, and then all of a sudden, I'm pretty sure it's Grant Williams, because Grant Williams seemed to be on the ground like every play. I'll get to that. So Bam is, like, looking over his shoulder. He sees, all right, okay, he's, you know, right behind me. The shot's over my head. He backs up to box him out, and then the guy jumps up in the air, and he upends him. And they go, oh, yeah, flagrant one. It's like, man, ah, that was rough. That was rough. But anyway, so you have that, and then, yeah, and anyway, and then you have Grant Williams. He seemed to be laying on the ground, like, all <laughs> the entire game. He was running into people. He was diving for stuff, getting hurt, laying on the ground. I mean, this guy was on the ground more than a promiscuous carpet. Uh <laughs> I actually wrote, I actually, these are the things I think about during the game. I actually wrote that down. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I went there. And uh, and then you had uh, Robert Williams. Uh, he had a dead leg. Robert Williams had a dead leg poet society. Uh, problem. <laughs> that's such a stretch. That's so bad. That's so bad. Robert Williams had a dead leg poet society. <laughs> so bad. Uh, so anyway, so uh, even though the Celtics made a little bit of a run, ended up Heat ended up pulling away. Um, they just played these suffocating defense. They just they close out quickly on every three point attempt. They go after like pretty much every time the basketball's on the ground. Uh, they force jump balls that seem like there's no chance where, you know, like basically plays that other teams would give up on or be like, ah, whatever, like they got the rebound. Um, they're just going after everything. They're just a way more active team in the second half. And it's basically led by Butler, Tucker, and Bam. Uh, Tucker coming back was huge. And Bam is just such a presence. He's probably one of the top, easily top five centers in the league. There's not a lot of centers anyway, but. I'd really say Bam is in that conversation after 
Jokic, and Embiid. I think Bam is like just right there, right there with uh, Aiden. And Aiden had a really bad um, game seven, but sort of the whole Phoenix Suns. But anyway, uh, so yeah. And anyway, and then Butler uh, closing out the game. It's just such a huge advantage. It's just, it's such a massive advantage when you have someone like Butler who can not only score, but also defend. Um, I just think he's a way better defender than Tatum, in my humble opinion. So, yeah. So, anyway, the Heat win uh, game one. And I know you're not supposed to overreact to this stuff, but I think uh, the smart injury is huge. I think even if he comes back, this is going to be such a physical series. You know that foot injury is probably going to he's going to re-aggravate it just because Marcus Smart. Grant Williams is on the ground a lot. Marcus Smart. This guy's always on the fucking ground, dude. It's ridiculous. So it's going to be a real physical series, but I feel like the Heat having the home court advantage. Uh, Jimmy Buckets is just, I feel like, so freaking underrated, so underappreciated, especially when you have a person who doesn't really shoot a lot, but he can still close the game. I mean, I think Jimmy ended up with, uh, I'm going to look here. Okay, so Jimmy Butler scores 41 points on 19 field goals attempted. That's pretty freaking good, man. Jimmy Buckets went 12 for 19, 63% from the field, 18 free throws and 41 points. I mean, he was just doing everything, man. Nine rebounds, five assists, four steals, three blocks. I just filled Filled the fucking box score. So I just think the Heat are going to win this series. Um, again, knowing I'm supposed to overreact to game one. Uh, I did want to record this before this game, but um, and I kind of felt this way anyway going into it. So I guess anyone listening is going to be like, yeah, whatever. You're full of shit. You're saying this now because of the <laughs> what happened. But yeah, no, I feel like the Heat are going to win this series. And, uh, and then, yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be them and the dubs in the finals. But I'm going to get to that in a second. I think the Heat are going to win. It's going to be a tough physical fucking series, but the Heat are going to win in seven games. Having home court that seventh game at home, just like in the Boston-Milwaukee series, having that seventh game at home is going to be huge, even though the Heat's crowd sucks. But... It's just the fact that, you know, when the Heat get going with the turnovers and all that, all those, uh, you know, clubbers, then they get into it. So. <laughs> all right. So now Warriors Mavericks. Now, I cannot believe the Mavericks upset the Suns. That was shocking. That semi-series was looking like the classic. Just the home team would just win every game. No road team was you know seemingly had a chance in any of those games especially towards the end um like game six dallas just blew them out so it was like all right you know phoenix is probably going to come out game seven uh you know they rested up they didn't really take the fourth quarter seriously obviously that that point but uh yeah no mavs just (laughs) played that fucking defense man game seven and chris paul is probably hurt or something there's always something with Chris Paul, I swear. Dallas just upsetting the Suns in that game seven because Phoenix just couldn't do anything offensively. Phoenix was just missing shots at the rim. 
I know Dallas is getting a lot of credit because of their defense. Um, I think Dallas, their uh, second. So Dallas actually finished the uh, regular season with the second fewest points allowed behind Boston. So Dallas actually played pretty good defense the whole year. It wasn't like it came out of nowhere. But that game seven, man, against the Suns, Phoenix was just missing everything at the rim. Booker, Aiton, it was just, they're missing bunny shots. Then the crowd was turning on them, and um, they were just playing bad defense, and just they had no life because it's like they knew that Chris Paul was hurt. Anyway, so, like, I was kind of anticipating that the Warriors were going to play the Suns, and... I was kind of looking forward to it because the Warriors played the Suns really well. It was like every time the Warriors played the Suns this year, they got up for those games. They really got up for those games. They're like, all right, this is the number one team in the West, huh? And so, like, the uh, other than there was one game early on in the season where Curry had, I think, like his worst shooting game ever or one of his worst shooting games ever than the Suns won in Phoenix. Other than that, the Warriors played uh, Phoenix really well in those other three games. So I was kind of looking forward to that series. And now it's like, oh, now the Warriors got to play Luka. And Luka's terrifying. I'm not going to lie. Luka's one of those players that eh, when you're watching him go against another team, it's kind of like, all right, this is fun. He's, uh, you know, shooting these crazy threes where it's like he's three-point or uh, he's three <laughs> little toasted Luca is shooting these threes where he's like four feet behind the three-point line you know and he's drawing fouls he's going to the paint uh he's doing that bs where like he can stop on a dime and then he goes for the pump fake and then spins around and then <laughs> like somehow go to the lane and still draw a foul and yeah, Luke is terrifying. I am not looking forward to matching up uh, against Luca for potentially seven games. But I feel like uh, Dinwiddie and Poole kind of offset each other a little bit. They're, go they're both going to be these guys off the bench that uh, Poole had a really good first round. The last round, I felt like he was a little streaky, but he wasn't the same person and it's like well yeah he's not the same guy he's like whatever he's a baby he's just a baby boy he's uh <laughs> he's he's young man he's gonna be inconsistent so i like the idea of bringing pool off the bench i know in the first round when he started that really helped his confidence but uh you gotta obviously start curry and clay and if you start curry clay and pool that's just such an undersized backcourt so Curry is going to guard Jalen Brunson. You know what I mean? And Curry is a really underrated defender. I mean, Curry gets steals. He had a couple times where he was blocking shots on, uh, you know, on jaw. And I mean, he was taking the, uh, the defense against jaw, uh, seriously, man. And he, he was, he was fucking around, you know, Curry don't play defense. There was a reporter recently where they praised him. He said, hey, you know, Curry, you're a underrated two-way player. And Curry was like, yeah, he kind of did like a fist bump. <laughs> it was awesome. Because he is, Kerr said it for a long time, but Kerr, uh, Kerr is right. Curry is an underrated defender.
So when you have Brunson out there, who's only 6'1", Curry can obviously guard him, which means that, you know, I'm assuming Clay's going to guard Reggie Bullock. Bullock. It's a bunch of Bullocks. And I think that it actually kind of matches up well with the Warriors because what they can do is they can switch off Wiggins and Green on Luka. So both Wiggins on the perimeter and then Green. Yeah, so Wiggins is going to guard Luka on the perimeter a lot. And then Green is obviously going to guard, um, you know, uh, anytime Luka gets in the paint. And the Warriors obviously can't start pool because when you have, um, you know, Finney Smith and Bullock out there, both six, seven, then you basically are going to have to, you're probably going to have to start Looney and Green, right? And do the whole, what they were doing earlier in the year, which I think is their best lineup, which is Curry, Clay, Wiggins, Green, and Looney. And then basically you can have, because, Finney Smith, I mean, he has his moments, but I don't think Green would be too worried about him if you left him, you know, off a little bit and kind of helped uh, guard Luka because Wiggins is going to have his hands full guarding Luka because I'm assuming Wiggins is going to guard Luka a lot. And then you'd have Clay guarding Reggie Bullock, which, you know, he'd be a little undersized, but not really. I don't see Bullock, like, Bullock doesn't have a post game. Let's put it that way. He's not going to, like, be backing down Clay constantly. So I think the Warriors, they, they match up well with the Mavericks. I know the Mavericks play good defense and I know I'm terrified of Luca. It's one of those things. It really, this whole thing boils down to, is this the year where Luca just ascends like the way Giannis did last year, where he's just unstoppable. He's getting every fucking call. Cause the refs are just giving him everything. He's hitting outside shots. And then you almost have to like double him and put so much attention on him that then all of a sudden he's leaving them, um, you know, we're leaving, uh, you know, these other guys open and they're hitting threes. It's totally possible that that's the most terrifying option and it could happen. But I think the Warriors are a deeper team. Um, Otto Porter Jr. is probably going to play game one and they haven't ruled out Gary Payton the second. They haven't ruled out GP2. So if GP2, man, if he comes back towards the end of the series, that would lift the team up so much. And the fans, oh, man, because he's, he's a fan favorite for sure. So uh, I just feel like the Warriors having the home court advantage again. And San Francisco does have a home court crowd, unlike Miami. Welcome to the Miami sad sack fucking crowd. Oh, Jesus. So. Uh, I feel like the Warriors are going to win this series because they're just a deeper team. They play, um, you know, at home if there's potentially a game seven, which I don't think there will be. Uh, and you know, if Luca isn't getting calls, he's one of those, he gets frustrated. He gets mad. He's like looking up at the ref and he'll be sitting there. Like he'll not get back on defense because he's sitting there arguing a call or he's laying down at the ground. He's laying down at the ground. He's laying on the ground, holding up his hands like, what the fuck? Where's the call? He's one of those where if the game isn't going his way or the calls aren't going his way, he 
he gets really distracted and he gets really focused on that, which is a problem. And it's not like he's this great defender. So you could say, oh, well, maybe they might attack him on you know, defense, but I don't think Wiggins is going to like be attacking Luka nonstop, although he should. That actually would be smart if Wiggins is constantly attacking Luka, if Luka's defending him. And basically whoever Luka's guarding, they're just constantly going after him because Luka's going to try to, you know, do the flop thing and try to, you know, get a charge and all that. And if you can get Luka in foul trouble, and then now he's, again, arguing with the refs and he's overthinking it, um, that could just be good things for the Warriors. But, yeah, I think the Warriors are going to win in six. I feel like these first couple games are going to come out on fire, on fuego. The Mavs just had um, a really difficult seven-game series. And honestly... I know they matched up well with them during the regular season, but this team's different now. The Warriors team is different. They're built for the playoffs. The bench is shorter. Um, you know, you're going to get a lot of pool coming off the bench. Um, you're probably going to get, you know, some Otto Porter Jr. Um, if he's healthy enough to play. And I mean, it's kind of, you know, maybe a little Bielitsa because he's got some, got some length, but, you're just you're not gonna see it's basically gonna be, you know, the the starting five. Kaminga is the one I don't know what Mike Brown was doing. At the end of that Warrior series with Memphis, I don't know what Mike Brown was doing when he started Kaminga. And then in game what is it, six, he then doesn't start him a single minute. He starts him for a few games, they lose those games, and then he goes, You know what, Kaminga? I'm gonna bench you. You're not gonna get a single minute in game six. I didn't really that's not going to be good for the kid's confidence, right? Um, so I hope Kaminga gets some minutes in this series. Like he's the perfect person to, you know, bring off the bench in this series because Dallas, you know, they they play good defense, but they also don't have, I feel like, a lot of players on offense that you're terrified of, you know, getting Kaminga in foul trouble or um, you know, you're gonna Basically, they're going to be picking on Kaminga. I don't see that. Like, if Kaminga comes in the game, I don't think he's going to be guarding Luka. Let's put it that way. So, I hope Kaminga gets some minutes and uh, gets his confidence back up. And so, yeah, basically, yeah, it's just going to be some Kaminga and some pool and Otto Porter Jr. off the bench. It'll be a very short bench in this series. And yeah, I just feel uh, the Warriors are too battle-tested. They've been here before. They know now Green has said eight games, man. Eight games. That's it. You can feel it, right? You can feel it. Dubs fans. Woo. Eight fucking games. Yeah, I'm going Warriors in six. Uh, I feel like they're going to, yeah, hold serve at home. And then they're going to steal a game in Dallas. So Warriors in six. Heat in seven. It's going to be Dubs, Heat, Finals. Can't wait. Although, you know, I'd say book it. I'm not booking anything. I thought it'd be for sure Bucks and uh, Warriors. I, I just thought the Bucks were so good, but that Middleton injury was huge. So, so yeah, anyway, that's my uh, my basketball breakdown here. Um, I probably won't use any of this because this is all crap. 
<laughs> and no one cares what the fuck I have to say. I'm going to try to do this once a week. Uh, I'm sure I'm going to be fucking wrong all the time, which is why you should fade me. Uh, that's why I'm going to call this show Bruce Be Faded, because you should fade me. I said Warriors Heat Finals. That means it's going to be Maverick Celtics, right? So book it. You can book that. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I think I'm just going to end this first one on a just basketball-focused note. And, yeah, and call it at that. So I hope you enjoyed this, uh, This I don't know, this rant, this... Uh, this monologue, this diatribe, I don't know what you'd call this. Yeah, this is kind of weird. I'm not going to lie. Doing a pond by yourself is kind of weird. It's just you and your thoughts and your uh, incorrect opinions. And there's no one to laugh at your bad jokes. Different experience. But I'm going to keep trying to do this, all right, at least once a week. So I'm sure I'll get better at this. Probably not. And uh, yeah, I'm Bruce B and you've been listening to the Bruce B Faded Pod.